0: to behind the screens i'm ryan preventure from movio i'm simon
1: burton from numero
0: and i'm matthew liebman from vista group now boys did the rain get you
2: worse or did the earthquake get you and what have you done to bring this upon yourselves
0: well you know we're in california so at some point we knew we were going to just drift off into the ocean and that was going to be the end of us so this was the maybe the start of that i don't know it i think it was not as bad in some areas as we thought it might be so that was that was good but there are some pretty bad in
2: great news matt fake news you're on the east coast right now so you can't talk simon how's your family have you heard from them recently
1: i am they're great i flew out at 10 o'clock last night um the airport was firing on all cylinders um just a light bit of drizzle five to ten mile an hour wind i'm not sure sure what all the fuss was about
2: Well, we'll see um, when we jump into the numbers whether it had any bearing on the box office. Um, Let's take, before we jump into the specifics, a bit of a look at the market as a whole. So domestic weekend box office was about 96.3 mil. Keeping up um, building that gap on prior year, it was 22% ahead of this same weekend of last year when Dragon Ball Super superhero topped the grosses. It's 19% below 2019 levels. Um, but in 2019, we also had a gross out comedy in the market. We're gonna talk about strays in a sec, but good boys led the market there. And what we're finding though, is that year to date, we're still starting to improve, or we're still improving, sorry, on that 2019 result. So year to date, grosses are 6.4 billion, up 25% on last year. As of last weekend, we were 14.8% year to date down on 2019. As of this weekend, we're at 14.5% down on 2019. So we're slowly but surely starting to bridge that gap in the domestic market. But Simon, I'd love you to tell us whether that's the new starters that helped us bridge that gap this weekend, or is it those stalwarts of Barbie Oppenheimer and co that are uh, shouldering the burden?
1: Yeah, thanks, Matt. Combination of all of the above there, we saw, Blue Beetle topped the domestic box office chart this past weekend with an opening of $25.4 million, an additional $18 million from 63 international markets, giving it a worldwide opening of $43.4 million. Looking additionally at the domestic box office, we had Barbie in second position, continuing its stronghold, only dropping 36% grossing 21.5 million dollars bringing its domestic Hume to 567 million oppenheimer securing third spot with 10.7 million bringing its domestic Hume to 285 million dollars and teenage mutant ninja Turtles mutant mayhem coming in fourth position with 8.5 million and its domestic cum of 88.2 million Drey's 8.2 million uh ryan why don't we take a look at the audience that
0: turned out domestically Thanks, Simon. So for the comps this weekend, we had we had what you would expect for a film like Blue Beetle. They were The Flash, Transformers, Rise of the Machines, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Haunted Mansion and Black Adam. Obviously, a lot of these make a ton of sense. We actually looked at the difference with this one in the flash because they're both from the same universe and they came out in the same year. We did see some reasonable differences in the frequency, but not so much the age range. The infrequence were 16% for Blue Beetle compared to 26% for the flash. Occasionals were 29% compared to 38%. And the frequency were where we saw the numbers change. It's 45% for Blue Beetle to 32% for the flash the very frequency did come out more for blue beetle at nine percent compared to four so what you're seeing is that the people who just kind of come to the cinema more often were, were coming out there and the people who who just were kind of watching movies at home weren't necessarily coming out as much what we did see though uh, was that the age similarity was very pretty was very close 18 to 24 13 to 10 percent 25 to 34 19 to 17 percent 35 to 44, 19% for Blue Beetle, 21% for The Flash. Again, 45 to 54, 17 to 19%, and 55 to 64, 10 to 12%. So what you're seeing is the age ranges are, 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 are reasonably uh, across the board. You know, you're seeing the kind of the numbers are evenly distributed. But what you are seeing is that this audience is pretty similar age-wise for The Flash and Blue Beetle. And, but we did see a little more uh, females coming out to see Blue Beetle, 69% male compared to 72% male. We did see an interestingly, a reasonably high amount of Hispanics went to see the Flash at 28%. Obviously, we were going to see a little bit more with Blue Beetle at 31%. And it's so it's, a, it's an interesting weekend. We'll see how this one holds out over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think DC is still
2: in that era of transition. Uh, it doesn't help when you've got the new regime coming in and Peter, uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran talking about a new era coming. I guess it's, it's um, if you're making choices, hard to invest in something that you're not sure is going to be there down the track. Uh, I think it's a really valid point also on that Hispanic audience, given this is the first time that the DC universe has lent into that. And, you know, Warners, I think with, with some merit, has been talking about the impact of the storms in LA. And when you consider LA has a larger Hispanic population than any other US city and you guys were were locked in home and sheltering in place, uh, I can't help but wonder if that did have a dampening uh, impact, no pun intended, on the, on the grocers. But when you look at the feedback so far from Rotten Tomatoes, the audience is giving it 92% so far. And, you know, even the reviewers, it's 76%. Hopefully that means it has some legs, especially since we're coming into the end of the summer period and and things are quietening down. So it might keep some screen space if the word of mouth is is positive. But from a production budget perspective, it does have a bit of a mountain to climb. It costs roughly the same as Shazam! Fury of the Gods with a reported production budget for Blue Beetle at 120 mil. So um, unless it, it does hold those legs, it, it could be another tough story for superhero films. And we still have two high profile ones between now and the end of the year with the sequel to Aquaman and the sequel to the Marvel still to come. So hopefully uh, the heroes can, can shake off uh, some of the, the issues that are holding them back at the box office with those two future releases and the long tail on the back of Blue Beetle. Talking of tails, strays. Um,
1: some of your best segue work there, Matt. You're right, strays, as we touched on, $8.3 million at the domestic box office, another $2 million from 21 territories internationally for a worldwide opening weekend of $10.3 million.
2: And so Ryan, who was the audience that came out and saw a story about a dog who wanted to bite
0: his owner's <laughs> off? Well, that, again, another, another great segue there, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Pumps were, were were you know interestingly what you you wouldn't expect. Uh, we had we had Joyride, No Hard Feelings, both of those making a lot of sense. Then we had Haunted Mansion, Talk to Me, The Meg Two, Blue Beetle. So some people saw both films, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, and interestingly, Grand Turismo came in there as well. Is it true that Frozen Two figured it pretty no, highly? No. In <laughs> But we did see, uh, you know, again, what we saw here was a little bit different than what we saw for Blue Beetle, in that when we compared this to Joyride, sort of a raunchier R-rated film, we did see similarities in frequency. And the infrequence for Strays was 21% compared to 22% for Joyride. Occasionals, both the same for Strays and Joyride, both 26%. Same for Frequent, 39% for both of them and very frequent was 14 and 13%. So honestly, it's almost the exact same when you saw the numbers here for for the frequency of the audience. And maybe that's a little bit indicative of these kind of raunchy R-rated films, I'm not sure. They they were certainly going, I think, for a little bit different audiences, but what we also saw was pretty close similarities in the age ranges as well. 18 to 24 were 13% compared to 12% for Joyride. 25 to 34 was 19% for strays compared to 22% for Joyride. 35 to 44, 18 to 16%, 55 to 50, 45 to 54 was 17 to 16% and 55 to 64 was 15, 14 to 15%. So again, the numbers are very, very close on these sort of raunchy comedies that you're just really seeing a lot of, a lot of the same. Obviously Joyride had a, uh, Uh, had a little bit of a higher audience when it came to females. So that was 50% each. So kind of a date movie, but strays had 55% male. So a little more male skewing for the raunchy comedy. But what you're seeing is that, that there is just, there are a lot of similarities when you think of the type of movie, although, you know, you wouldn't necessarily compare these two films together. The audiences were very similar. Yeah, and look, when you compare it to the um, other gross-out comedy
2: of the summer, No Hard Feelings, you know, Stray's had a very similar production budget. They were both around $45, $46 million. Um, but No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence on the poster earned 15 mil over the opening weekend on its way to about 50 and a half mil domestically. I can't help but wonder if this is a film that's at least partly a victim of the strike because you've got two leads uh, whose faces aren't on the poster and they can't go out and promote and will ferrell and jamie Foxx. you put will ferrell and barbie in the film makes 1.3 billion dollars globally no uh, i'm sure it's for reasons other than him but all jokes aside i wonder if there is a marketing opportunity uh for for exhibitors to go out and at least communicate who the stars are um, and do something creative with their own marketing collateral to say this is an all-star cast that's voicing these uh these dogs here the, the audience reception has been a little soft. It's B plus on Cinema Score, 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. So there might be something built into the film itself that, that means it hasn't resonated as much, but I do think that marketing opportunity is there. But it does look like the gross out comedy of the year is not gonna be a pack of dogs. It's gonna remain a bear on drugs. Cocaine Bear is still the top grossing R-rated comedy so far with a 23 mil domestic opening on the way to 64 and a half mil lifetime. Um, simon let's talk holdovers because barbie and oppenheimer keep charging on both domestically and internationally and there are a few others contributing as well that's right matt
1: barbie in its fifth week as we said 21.5 million dollars from the domestic box office this past weekend its international cume is now 713 million with 567 million domestic for a global cume 1.28 billion dollars oppenheimer also in its fifth weekend with a worldwide cum now of $718 million, which is currently the fourth biggest release of this year. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with an additional $30.3 million internationally, and it's worldwide cum at $118 million. So Ryan, looking ahead to next week, what have we got opening at the box office?
0: Well, we've got a couple of movies. We've got Grand Turismo, based on a true story, going wide from Sony. Uh, done a lot of sneak previews on this film, so hopefully that will help bring out a good audience. We have the Hill from *Briarcliff*. This is with Dennis Quaid, a baseball film, sort of a religious film as well. So, as uh, as Matthew has pointed out, looks like the rookie meets God. I like that. I think that's a good good analogy there. And then Liam Neeson. This man just just is always got something going on with him. He's back with his latest action film, *Retribution* a little bit more of a limited release from roadside attractions. And uh, so his particular set of skills are probably a little more limited on this one, uh, at least on the screen count. But as you can see a little bit for everybody this coming weekend. All right, Jen.
2: So it looks like we're finally heading into the fumes of summer um, with with these titles. I really do hope Gran Turismo finds an audience because as I mentioned a week or so ago, I was lucky enough to see it down here where it released early and it's a lot of fun, Uh, but one thing that might bolster this weekend's grosses over and above the new releases and the continuing behemoth that is barbenheimer is national cinema day can you touch on that a little bit
0: well this sunday we're going to have national cinema day where all movie tickets in all formats in majority of theaters in north america are going to be four dollars and it's a great great time if you just want to take your family out to see a cinema at a little bit cheaper price. This is the time to do it with a lot of great movies out there.
2: Yeah, and I think the lineup looks stronger than last year. From memory, last year had more holdovers and older titles. The fact that you've got Blue Beetle and Strays in week two, and the, the threshold, the dollar threshold to give them a go, drops right down. Gran Turismo... Hopefully, this is almost another one of its perpetuating word of mouth after those word of mouth screenings. Um, and then the few people who haven't seen Oppenheimer or Barbie or more importantly, those who want to go and see it again. It's a perfect week and a real credit to the cinema foundation, NATO and all of its member companies in the studios for for locking shoulders a second time round to to drive this this initiative. So we'll see what sort of um, blip that that gave to the box office next week. We'll see what the holds are. We'll see how Gran Turismo and co. do. Until then, thank you, gents. And thank you, everyone else, for listening. We'll catch you next week behind the screens.
0: Movio and Numero are two of the businesses within the Vista Group, the world leading provider of technology solutions to the global film industry. For more moviegoer insights, be sure to visit movio.co and follow Movio, Numero, and Vista Group on Twitter and LinkedIn. The Behind the Screens podcast is produced by Grace Furness and edited by Patrick Hanna.